Dateline, 14th of April, 2014. Well, good day, folks, and welcome to the Australia Desk for episode 295. Struth, Grant, if it's uh, April 14th, that means we've missed my birthday. Well, that's fantastic. It's good still to be 29. Yeah, excuse me while I... Yeah. Sorry, I hate it when it happens like that. Mm, Would you believe Um, 31? uh, Sorry, Max, I think you need to go higher. (laughs) Yes. Anyway, oh well. I'm sure Vanderhoof will tell everybody how young I am. Yeah, well, hey, it didn't stop you getting another grading, so well done on getting a new belt. Oh, yes, yes, I was the karate kid yesterday. Not bad considering, uh, you know, (laughs) I've only got one working knee, so very good. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Anyway, enough about karate. Let's talk aviation, and let's talk aviation down here in Victoria. There's a couple of stories this week on the radar. This one's talking about Avalon Airport. Now, you've heard us talk about Avalon before. It's kind of, sort of, Victoria's second airport. At least that's the way they pitch themselves. We have a few domestic flights that go in and out of there. A uh, former Air Force base from uh, many, many years ago. Uh, Well, I guess uh, they're pitching themselves very soon to be Melbourne's next international airport. That's right, mate. They did get permission to become an international airport a little while ago. We reported on that last year sometime. But now it's actually finally starting to move along. And uh, working with HNA Group uh, from China, they're the parent of Hainan Airlines. And so, what's happening is Lindsay Fox with his Lin Fox Group, the owner of uh, Avalon Airport, and I might point out Essendon Airport, aka Melbourne's executive, you might say, if you're in the US. Uh, well, he is, uh, they've signed a memorandum of understanding. That means that uh, blah, 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 talk is cheap. We'll wait and see if it actually happens. But they're uh, going to actually um, work with Heinen Group to start an aviation service between Australia and China within 18 months using Avalon Airport. So it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it's got some potential for the future. Yeah, I tell you, Avalon Airport, I think, uh, and particularly now that uh, the Qantas maintenance uh, you know, section will be closing down there very, very shortly, um, you know, that's really a wasted resource down there. Now, of course, uh, you know, Lindsay Fox, the the owner of that uh, airport, very keen to have more aircraft going in there to pay some of those exorbitant user fees that he charges to, you know, come within uh, cooey of that airport. But uh, <laughs> uh, that aside, I think it's actually uh, actually a good spot to have a second international airport here at Victoria. It sits, uh, you know, well, not quite in the middle, but, uh, you know, it sits between Melbourne, the Central Business District, and, uh, of course, Geelong, which is our our second largest city down here in Victoria, and uh, largely unused despite the few domestic flights that go in there. And I think it's a logical choice. And uh, the good thing about it is it's got great freeway access. The uh, main Melbourne-Geelong rail line runs right past the front of that airport, so sticking a spur line in there and having a rail link uh, would be a lot less problematic than, uh, say, running a rail link into Melbourne Airport. They do need a rail link into Avalon, but uh, funny you should mention uh, rail link into uh, Melbourne Airport. There must be a bit of an election coming soon enough because uh, our state premier is uh, trying to cover up for uh, all the greenies he got upset and the public transport fans by uh, starting work on carving a new tunnel from one side of the city to the other by promising a Melbourne Airport rail link. One thing you can count on when a Victorian state election uh, comes up, as it will be the case here in November, uh, then uh, the you know any incumbent party or at least an opposition, one of them, We'll promise a uh, rail link to Melbourne Airport. Now, uh, of course, um, actually, I, I don't actually know that we actually need one. I think uh, they could improve the Skybus service, which is actually, I think, quite good that runs up it's and down fantastic. the freeway. 
Yeah, it runs up and down the freeway and uh, gets good access. But uh, they seem to be determined to run a rail line into Melbourne Airport. Now, there is a railway line that runs within about five kilometres of it already, which is currently a freight line. It wouldn't take much for them to build a line out to the airport and build a station there, assuming Melbourne Airport would want one. After all, they make more money out of parking fees in their car park mm. than they do from anything else, uh, including all their landing fees. So uh, I don't think they'd be all that keen to have it. But uh, if the government forces it upon them, well, so be it. And uh, hey, as you all know, folks, I drive trains for a living and I have a passing interest in aircraft. So, hey, bring it on, I say. <laughs> yeah, funny that. Look, <laughs> Mate, I just think it's uh, hilarious when we actually get the politicians like Dennis Napthine, our premier, on the radio and people are grilling them about it and they're trying to lock lock them down to actually make a comment and actually commit and tell all the details of how it's going to happen. And all I can think of is one of my favourite movies called Dodgeball because, mate, he's out there and he's going dodge, dip, duck, dive and Dodge. They're saying the details for that uh, will come up in the May budget. So I suppose if that happens, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, hey, like I say, bring it on. It'll be fantastic for, well, be fantastic for me, Grant. It'd be great for <laughs> me. You get to drive past more airport. Yeah, well, that's right. I don't think it'd do much for productivity on the rail system. I don't think my bosses would let me drive trains out there. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> speaking well, of bosses, Grant, let's talk about another boss that uh, does much more exciting things than I do. We're, of course, talking about Air Marshal Mark Binskin who is actually going to be promoted to Air Chief Marshal and will wind up being the Chief of Defence Force. He's currently the Vice Chief of Defence Force. And uh, congratulations to him and a number of other gentlemen who are being promoted. Yeah, now, well, this is a story that actually came out a week or two back. We were going to run it last week, but, uh, you know, we, we did uh, run a little bit long, as usual. We did drone on. We did a bit. We did drone on a bit, so we're going to run that one this week. But uh, interestingly, Grant, uh, recently you caught up with uh, Air Marshal uh, Binskin uh, up there at uh, the Tamora Aviation Museum and uh, recorded an interview and uh, something I didn't know about him, actually. He's formerly a uh, Royal Australian Navy fighter pilot. That's right, mate. He used to fly A4s, and uh, then he joined the RAF at right about the time they were disbanded the fleet air arm and uh, became a Mirage pilot. Oh, there you go, fantastic. Here's a quick excerpt of that interview. I was hooked at a young age and I was lucky enough to get in the, the Navy and fly in the fleet air arm then switch to the Air Force. Okay. been fantastic. So with the air arm you went through and you flew A4s? I flew A4s for a couple of years uh, and then uh, I was on an exchange with the Air Force flying Mirages for a couple of years there and that was when the, uh, the fleet air arm fixed wing was disbanded with the, the carrier. I changed over to Air Force Fighter Combat Instructor course, lucky enough to be in the first cadre of uh, Hornets in the, the States and just had a brilliant career. Just haven't flown a bad aeroplane. Actually, they're all good <laughs> and always great people to work with. So um, eventually they moved you out of the cockpit and onto the desk? Yeah, it has to happen. But it's interesting. You take what you learn in the cockpit and you employ it in a business sense in the, in the staff work as well. Yeah. So. Uh, it, it is interesting what you can translate from the, that dynamic world uh, and the tactical world and your, and your thinking to be able to bring into the, the staff work. Uh, I, I mean, I was lucky. I, I spent 17 years in the cockpit before they dragged me out. And at the time, I thought, oh, what am I going to do? But I actually appreciated the break. And then when you went back into the cockpit again, it made you appreciate the flying that much more. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, always yeah. good to get back into it. Hmm. So uh, when you came out, uh, where did you progress from from the Hornets? Uh, you, you went through and became in the, in the uh, Canberra and headquarters and so on, yeah? Yeah, I ended up in a, a capability development role in, uh, in Canberra. 
and uh, was lucky enough to work for John Baker when he was the chief of the Defence Force as his staff officer for for a year, and that gave me the idea that uh, actually I can do this uh, in the, the staff work and, and progress there. Went back and was commanding officer of 77 Squadron for two years. I was on the Wedgetail program as the project director for three years in the defence materiel. Then lucky to fly again as uh, commander air combat group. Did a, lucky to do a tour in the Middle East in the Air and Space Operations Centre. Back, a couple of staff jobs, Air Commander, Chief Air Force and Vice Chief now, so it's great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. i tell you what, Grant, uh, I think we've uh, interviewed just about every uh, high-ranking Air Force official in the country lately. Well, we've done pretty well. We've had uh, DCAF, we've had CAF, uh, we've had uh, then Vice Chief Defence Force and now Chief Defence Force. Uh, I think that's pretty good. Absolutely. The full uh, version of that interview is in episode 117 of Playing Crazy Down Under. You know, Grant, one of these days we should get around to making 118, do you think? Oh, why break a track record? Let's go for two months without an episode. Yeah, let's do that. Well, we're too busy working for the Airplane Geeks and making our our video. There you go. Uh, I thought it was Stephen Pam who was working hard on the video. Well, somebody is. I know it's not me. There you go. All right. Well, well, there we go. Well, I better get busy working on this edit. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks.